Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, uh, we wanted to talk about, um, I guess, it's a bit of a hard thing to like put into a box, but I think it's the, the general topic of continuously changing editorial content. So if there are things in your app that aren't at all technical features, these, these aren't things that you are, you know, building in Xcode or writing in, you know, in, in at a technical level, but are things that are nevertheless changing and updating as a result of, you know, you taking action within your app um, to put content into, into your app. And so some examples of this, and this is where sort of where this feature is sort of coming from and why I thought it'd be an interesting topic is I recently added uh, a new thing to Pedometer Plus Plus called monthly challenges. So every month there is going to be um, a new little challenge badge that you can earn by doing something. So in the first, um, you know, in the first month, it was um, you'd reach your goal 19 times in January. Uh, in February, it's going to be have a 10-day streak. Um, like there's e- examples of these, and I'm just going to continue to kind of create and manage these um, going forward. Uh, another example might be um, the Discover section in Overcast, where you can, you know, you have a whole bunch of different links to different shows, that's, it's, but it's a curated list that you have to manage. Um, or you have like the apps, app stores today tab, which is something that, you know, they're committing to kind of update on a regular basis. Um, and continue this kind of continuously updating content has a lot of interesting kind of benefits and challenges. And, um, you know, when I first sat down to decide that I was going to add this monthly challenges thing, I think there were a bunch of aspects of it that I just hadn't thought about that I'm now having to deal with. Um, that's what made me think that it would be kind of a useful thing to talk about because, it's exciting and interesting, and I've had a really positive reaction to it. But now I'm also like having to face down all kinds of challenges and deadlines and things that I had never had, never really had to deal with before. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where it's it can really add a lot of value to an app to to have some kind of editorial content in there. But I suggest going into it from from an indie perspective very very carefully. You know, it's it's one thing if you have a staff, if you have a company that has multiple people. And you can actually like hire someone just to do stuff like this. That's a very different story. When you're just one person, though, committing yourself to like, oh, I'm going to post a new bit of whatever into my app every week or every month or whatever, that adds up very quickly. Like, you know, and I had like the extreme of this when I when I ran the magazine, where I had to like actually produce content once a month because that's what that's like the thing people were paying for with the app. Like, it wasn't an app that happened to have some editorial content that rotated out every month. It was like, no, literally, like, we are paying people, or people are paying to get this, and I believe that for that, if I remember correctly, it was every two weeks, uh, which was its own set of problems. But, like, to do something every month, say, that really means every month. And, like, you might think in March, oh, that sounds great. But then, like, when August rolls around and you're on vacation, all of a sudden it's like, wait, every month I have to do this. When December rolls around and you're really busy with the holidays, nope, every month. When January or February roll around and nothing is going on in the world, every month. Like, you still have to produce something every month. And so you really have to be careful when you're committing to something like this uh, to, to build a feature of your app around that people will actually use. You really have to be careful that, like, you're not biting off more than you can chew, that you can actually deliver what, you know, deliver on the pattern that you're starting by building out this feature. Yeah. And, but although on the flip side, like it is really cool, like, and compelling in a lot, in a very different way that, 
Like, and I think there's definitely a lot of challenges and I have a whole like list of things that I've run into that are making it hard. But I do think it's also really compelling that I think it's interesting to add something to our apps that lets us give users a reason to come back to the app on a regular basis, which is useful just in general, that it creates like an engagement that you just can't get with features, you know, like adding new features to the app can sometimes be useful, but it doesn't have that same sense of timeliness, that there's this sense that, you know, hopefully you build a, a, a pattern, you know, a, a, a sense of trust with your user where they're going to be coming back to your app on a regular basis because they're expecting something that they like. And if you can keep delivering that, like you've kind of locked them into this great little virtuous cycle where they're continuing to come back, you create content, um, and that's very positive. I mean, it also, I think, is nice that it allows you to enhance your app without having to actually add features or do code that um, if you build it in a, in a thoughtful way, you're not necessarily going into Xcode every month or every week or whatever you're adding this kind of content. You're, you're just, you potentially just, you know, publishing a plist to a website or making a change like that that can then reflect in the app. Um, or, which is also nice because then potentially you can have people working on creating this content who aren't you, who are less technical, who are that be, you know, someone, someone you outsource this to, or even just, you know, like your spouse or a friend or something like that, that doesn't have to be technical in the way that, you know, I want to add a feature to, uh, to my app. And so you have to really like get into that. And even it's kind of fun that you can potentially highlight different features in the app that people may not be aware of by drawing their attention to it because you have this mechanism now where you know you're directly communicating with your customers um, in a non just like here's the app and here is its features you're, it's a slightly more uh, it has more of a voice to it you know so for example if I want to make sure that people realize that pedometer plus plus can do floor counting. If you have a, a device that supports that, then I can have a challenge that includes floor counting. And if you're not really sure what that is, it's a prompt to, to go and do it. So lots of challenges, lots of commitments. And I think I'm absolutely like this, like when I got to like, the reason I want to do the show today is because I was sitting down and I, you know, I built the feature initially for my monthly challenges it had just had January in it and it didn't have a mechanism for adding future months or anything because I just wanted to have it in by January 1st because that seemed like the really opportune time to launch a feature like this. And then like I got to like the middle of January and I got a bit sick and I had to take like a week off working. And then I was like, Oh no, February 1st, this needs to be in the app store. (laughs) Like I, I need to have this thing in the app store by February 1st, which means that it needs to be submitted, you know, by like the, the last week of January at the absolute latest, um, and ideally a bit before that, so it can propagate out to the app store and everyone will have it. And like that pressure is not great. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the, but you're right though. Like the, it does really add a lot of potential upside. Like that's, that's why these features are so compelling because not only are features are like feature additions by themselves harder to get people to care about, but they're also just less effective at boosting engagement in your app. Like there lots of people install apps play with them for a little bit, and then don't go back. This is one of the reasons why push notification spam is so prevalent, because it, it works and it solves a necessary problem, uh, which is, you know, how do you get people to come back to your app when they might have forgotten about it or gotten bored with it or gotten tired of it? Um, or they just, most of the time, they really just have forgotten about it. You know, they've moved on to other things. But um, 
it, there are ways to do this that are really annoying and, and really that I really don't like and that I think are, are morally questionable. Um, and, and that definitely violate the least enforced app store guideline, <laughs> which is the one against push notifications for marketing. Uh, but there is ultimately a lot of value in giving something that people actually want as a notification to say like there, you know, a new challenge just arrived or something like, and, and again, this is, it's a really, really fine line. And I think it's, it's important if you're, if you're going to do this ethically, it's important that people know what they're opting into when, when they turn on notifications for your app uh, and that you give them very, very good fine grain controls to, uh, to turn those off without disabling all notifications from your app. Um, but, uh, but there is, there are ways to do this well. And I, I've thought before about things like with overcast, like, you know, how maybe I could, make when when you get a new recommendation in the for like the twitter recommendations feature it maybe you can get a push notification for that optionally uh, you know there's all sorts of things that i could do like that but um it really is important to have some reason for people to return to your app when they haven't been using it for a little while and you know there's as i said there's lots of ways to do this badly or or uh, questionably or kind of you know sleazily but uh, if you can find a way to do it well that people don't get turned off by and that they have fine grain controls over disabling if they if they don't like it uh i don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, that's just not usually the way it's done <laughs> yeah and the thing about that too is you, there, there's the communication outside of the app and then i think there's even moreover the interesting things that you can do around communicating within the app that like, how do you let people know that there's new things for them to see? Um, I mean, like the classic examples of this is like, you know, any kind of like social media app where obviously the content isn't coming from the, the app itself, but it's from other users. But, you know, you have little badges on the tab bars or all kinds of like indicators and things to be like, Hey, there's something cool and interesting over here. Come and look at it. Um, and to create that sense of like, there's something new for you to see. And I think that's another interesting way. Like I, yeah, ex- externally pulling people in because of content you're creating. Like I, I would be very reluctant to get into that, that world. Cause then it starts to get, you're, you're very, you're very quickly becoming intrusive in a way that I tend to shy away from. Like it's hard, to, it's possible potentially to do it correctly. And if someone has, you know, opted in for it, then maybe there's a, there's a case for it. But I think there's certainly a case for, doing that within your app. I mean, even to the extent, like for the first time I think I've ever done it in pedometer plus plus, I had a little like pointy arrow, but like there's news bubble that popped up, um, at the big for, for this, just for, you know, just one time this month to indicate, to tell people that, you know, there's a new feature in the badges section that's called monthly, month, monthly challenges that like, I wanted to let people know because, it was a time-based thing that they had to do something with that I didn't want to have the situation where you, you know, you go to the badge section only every now and then probably because you're not like urging, earning badges every day. And then you discover, Hey, there's only, you know, 17 days left in January and I need to hit my goal 19 times. I'm stuck. That'd be, a, that'd be frustrating. But like I, I did a little thing, you know, it's like, Hey, there's something here. Take a look. Like there's new monthly badges, which is I usually tend to, you know, again, it's like I tend to shy away from a lot of those kinds of things and make things more organic. But I think when you get into this world where you have, you know, this kind of editorial content that is potentially time-based, and in some ways, like the weird thing is that it's the more time-based it is, the more um, the more compelling or valuable it may actually be. You know, it's sometimes the frequency or the time timeliness of it is what makes it interesting that you have a sense of 
you know, this is something that is useful, interesting right now. In my case, say it's like, this is the challenge for this month and you have to earn it this month. You can't wait and do it later. Um, or another example, you know, a content that was something that it was dealing with, you know, a live event or performance or that, that type of thing where there's a sense of urgency about it, like is good in that it creates that en- engagement, but is definitely this funny, like slippery slope of making sure that you're not pushing it too strongly, but you're taking advantage of the benefits that it can have uh, for you. Right, because if you if you start pushing that button too often, like you, you have to be careful that that like if you're going to basically create a button that you can push that increases engagement of your app immediately, that's a very dangerous thing to create <laughs> because the you you basically create a a very strong incentive for yourself to push that button more and more often over time, and and you know notifying people. Uh, of challenges or of new content or whatever else to try to get them to, re- to start using your app again, it, it's a form of of spending political capital. And you know, it's, it's like if you if you push that button, you're costing yourself something. You know, you, every time you push that button, you're going to annoy a certain percentage of those people. A certain percentage of those people are going to think less of you, think less of your app, and be more likely to disable notifications or to delete the app entirely. And so, it's ex- it's an expensive action to do frequently. Uh, and so, like. You know, for like for what you're talking about, having like monthly challenge, new monthly challenge, come to the app and do this. That I think is fine. Uh, well, you know, a month a monthly notification or a monthly special thing in the app is is not unreasonable for almost any app that I can think of. Uh, but a lot of apps don't do that. A lot of apps start doing it daily, <laughs> and, and that 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 becomes a bigger problem. Um, so you have to you have to be sure that when you're creating a mechanism that you can basically push a button whenever you'd like and and benefit from that immediately. Uh, the temptation starts becoming very great, and you have to exercise a lot of self-control um, to not abuse that to the point where it destroys it. Yeah, and I think too, there's that that it's that like it's that awkward thing where it's yeah, it's like it. You want to make sure that you are still keeping the user the, the core experience of your app at the forefront of what it is that you're still pre- presenting the user. Because I think it is easy also for us as we like I, at, the farther we get from the first time we made the app and, the, and like the, the, the initial way that you might use it, I think it's easy to start to imagine that all of your users are as familiar with all of the features that are as engaged and excited and thrilled by your app as you are um, when they may actually just still be in the, in the stage where they're getting used to the core features of it, like just the basic u- utility of the application. And so if you start to barrage them with, Here's this. Hey, have you have you done this? Hey, what about this? Hey, this thing over here. You should you should check this out. Like, there's a way in which that may just turn them off, and it may be too much, too soon, to that you know to actually. It's not actually prompting engagement. If anything, it's like it's pushing someone away because it's like whoa, whoa. Like, what am I getting into here? Like, this is. I just want to. I just want to count my steps, man. Like, I just want to listen to a <laughs> podcast. Like, I don't need all this coming at me all the time. And so, I think it's also important to just remember that. You're not like in many ways, a lot of these types of things are t- maybe starting to gear towards your more experienced users. So making sure that you're keeping that in mind that the initial experience and like you could imagine the like worst version of this would be the, you know, the user in- installs the app and then say like a naive implementation of like monthly challenges is like it pops up and it's like, hey, here's the challenge for October. Hey, here's the challenge for September. Hey, here's the challenge for <laughs> August. Hey, here's the challenge for July. Like, 
you could imagine kind of a naive, simple implementation where it's just like you first time you load the app up, you're like, hey, here's all this great stuff that happened while before you installed the app. And it's completely overwhelming and not actually useful. Um, and it's, I think it's important to keep that kind of thing in mind too, where it still has to make sense for someone who is just first coming to the app, who isn't in the place of like, if you have like an, you know, an editorial section to help them discover new content, you know, say your discover section in Overcast, like that's great in terms of as a new user, it's useful to go in there and like, I don't, I don't know any podcasts, like help me find some. But if that gets way too, like, if it gets too complicated or constantly updating or could potentially become just too overwhelming, um, then you have to be careful that you're not like crossing that line too. We are brought to you this week by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You can get a server running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serves their customers with the help of 10 data centers around the globe so far, and they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, and Canada will all have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel Xeon E5 processors. This is really high-end gear, so you can serve your customers even faster than before. And you don't have to stress about overspending. Linode has designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing with monthly caps on all plans and add-on services, including backups and node balancers. So check out Linode today. They have pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gig of RAM for just $5 a month, and they have lots of plans above that for whatever your needs might be, including high memory plans. And Linode has a special offer for all of us. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash under the radar. That's under the radar with hyphens, under dash the dash radar, and use promo code RADAR2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig plan, that could be four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash under the radar and use promo code RADAR2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Thank you to Linode for hosting all of my stuff that I host on the web, really, uh, and all of Relay FM. All right. So another aspect I think that is has emerged as I've dived into kind of making this kind of content that um, is kind of a little bit subtle potentially, but is the nature by which you want to make content that is broadly appealing uh, for your whole audience, um, or at least that isn't going to be turning off portions of your content of your audience or being problematic for them or whatever it is. And this can take a, a variety of different issues, but like. I think the issues that I run into are kind of the things that are specific to a fitness-based application where people are going to be coming to my app with a variety of different fitness goals, a variety of different capabilities physically, um, and it's trying to make something that is appealing and relevant to them. Um, and, you know, for example, like I have users of Pedometer++ Plus Plus who, are in, who are in wheelchairs, and so having a goal that is entirely based on steps or based on climbing stairs or things like that would become, you know, it's, it would be rather problematic and not, you know, not, not a good thing. Or um, even if I just make the goal be something that is just fixed um, at a certain capability, you know, I say, hey, I'm going to set a goal for this month that you have, you know, f- three days where you have, you walk 20,000 steps. That goal might be, you know, reasonable for a, you know, a typical able-bodied person potentially, but is maybe something that is completely out of reach for someone. And for them, 
like getting two or 3,000 steps a day is the big reach goal. Like they've really hit it out at the park and that's a super big accomplishment for them. And so it's something that I've kind of had to think through and be very thoughtful about is making sure that I'm structuring things in my content that makes it have a broad appeal, that it isn't tied into you know specific people. Or if it is, if I want to make a goal that is a bit more fixed, that I think about ways of scaling it and adjusting it um, to be relevant to that user. And I mean, I have the benefit of knowing a lot about their past history typically. So I can, or like, are they in a wheelchair? Do they have a device that can count floors? Are the, you know, what is their average step counts? And I can make adjustments and things to it as accordingly. But I think it's certainly something that you just have to keep in mind that you want to be ideally, you know, broadly specific. And I mean, I imagine in the same way, like when you're doing your um, collections of podcasts and overcast, you have to make sure that you're not you know, they're not all just, you know, tech podcasts or whatever it is that you listen to, that you're trying to think of things that you may not listen to, you may not have a lot of relevance for, but, you know, if, if a broad and big, a broad enough proportion of your users are interested in that, then it should probably be represented in there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, my my directory in Overcast is has been so problematic over time. <laughs> I, I have not nailed it yet, um, but I have learned a few things, you know, on the way. I mean, the the first version of it was edited. It was hand curated by me, and I I looked into like I, I talked to some people about maybe helping me out with it. But ultimately, every plan I came up with and and the reality of the practice of it had the same problem, which is that when you just have one person curating a directory of content that could include you know, that is a, a large section of content. Like I can't listen to every podcast episode of every podcast. I don't know. Like you would have to hire a staff larger than like YouTube staff to do that. Um, and so there, you, there has to be some limit, some like, you know, limiting factor there. And for me, my problem was twofold. Number one was I only can understand and write English. And so I'm I'm lucky in the sense in podcasting. Podcasting is still extremely in English centric. There is very little podcasting uh, demand or supply in other languages relative to English, uh, and so I, that's mostly not a problem for me. Although that is easily a problem for lots of other types of apps. Um, but the other problem that that you run into with curation by by one or a handful of people here is just a severe lack of diversity. Like the, there's just there's no way I can listen to everything. I don't even listen to all of tech podcasts. I don't even listen to all the big shows, like like all like you know the the, the big public radio uh, shows and like like the like I don't listen to almost any of them. I don't have time. I, I listen to all my own tech stuff. Like so, so it's uh, it's hard for one person to really have a broad view. And so I switched it to an automated system a few months in, and uh, and so that's the, what it is now is literally just based on number of recent recommendations so that however many people hit the star button in overcast for a podcast in each one of those itunes defined categories uh that's what shows up there like it's like you know a rolling you know one week window or something like that and that is not you know that has its own set of diversity challenges and and editorial challenges but it's at least no longer my fault and it's it's, it's way better than what i was doing myself before because now I'm taking advantage of the entire user base. So in, in a way, it's user-generated content. And then I also have the, the Twitter-following recommendation system, which can give you even closer tailored recommendations and like the, the, the recommendations for you, which is based on what you subscribe to and what other people who subscribe to those things subscribe to. Um, so that, that's all, that's all you know, well and good and better than what I can do individually. Um, there are a lot of challenges to user-generated content like this, 
uh, that that I've tried to be very careful about. I'm I'm still not perfect on, but I try to be very careful about. Um, you know, it's it's tempting to outsource this kind of stuff to your user base because it feels like it's free. It's like, oh, it's you know, user generated content just generates itself, and you don't have to do anything. And that's a double edged sword because you have to also be very careful about the typical pitfalls of user generated content. Spam, illegal content, harassment, hate speech, you know, any like if there's adult filtering required, things like like there's there's all sorts of problems that can result from letting people do their own content that shows up to other people in the app. That's why like I've been very, very careful with Overcast. The reason why there is nowhere in Overcast to rate a podcast or to leave a review, with the sole exception of recommending individual episodes with just the on or off star, is that if you have a way for users to enter text that becomes visible to other users, you have a big problem of spam, harassment, illegal content, stuff like that. And so it, I've been very, very careful to, to not let people show text to other people in the app. The only way to do that is to make a podcast and submit it to iTunes, which themselves filter it like for, for a lot of that stuff. And then it'll start showing up on Overcast. And, and so I, I, I've avoided having to deal with user-generated content filtering problems and, and abuse problems uh, because I just simply don't allow it. Um, th- if you can do that, that's great. That doesn't necessarily work for every app. Um, and, I, and I do, unfortunately, still have problems of there not being a ton of diversity in what gets recommended. Part of that is you know, the user base's fault. Part of that is the, you know, the kind of rich-get-richer problem of what is being recommended most is what's being subscribed to most, and what's being subscribed to most is what's being recommended most, and and so it kind of feeds on itself, and and like you know the rich get richer, and it's hard to break into that. So I, I haven't totally nailed this problem yet there, but I it's it's definitely way better being algorithmic the way it is now and user generated. It's way better that way than it was when it was just me one person trying to edit an entire podcast directory. Yeah, like I feel like the algorithmically generated content thing is such this, like as with so much of this kind of, it's great in that if one of the biggest challenges of creating editorial content is that it is a pain to be put on a deadline and have to constantly be able to deliver it, then turning to a machine who can just continuously spew this out is great. That like rather than you creating a list or rather than like me making monthly challenges, you can just have the computer do it. Like sounds great, but like there's immediately there's so many problems that come into that that are so funny because like it just doesn't necessarily have the benefit of a person, a person with opinions, which can be good and bad, or like even just making judgments. Like, and I think of an example of this is in the activity app. Um, currently, it does monthly challenges, and the way that it does it is that Apple has just taken the complete algorithmic approach where it's just looking at some one of your health metrics for the past month and then it sets a goal for you based on some increase of that value, which in theory sort of is good, except for it can lead to these completely absurd goals or badges that don't make sense. Where like we've had, I've had a couple where, you know, I had a, a month where I was traveling a lot and I did a lot of walking and then the next month's challenge is like, I need, it's like this month, we need, you should walk, you know, 50% more or 20% more. <laughs> and it's like, I need you to walk 250 miles this month or whatever it is. And it's like, <laughs> I, 
I, I get what you, I, I know exactly what happened there. Like the algorithm looked at what I did and says, wow, th- you're really doing a great job with walking. Go do 10% more, go do 20% more. But the reality of that is it's completely demotivating and kind of sad where right? I look at the goal and it's like, that's impossible. There's no way that I can do that. Um, and like, it makes sense that Apple doesn't want to necessarily be creating into, you know, tailored monthly goals for every person that is being done by a person. But at the same time, as soon as you rely on an algorithm to create the content, it's going to become, you know, problematic in different ways because it just doesn't have the benefit of being thoughtful. Like no matter how carefully you design your algorithm, it's not going to be as thoughtful or creative or relevant as doing it with someone else. So I think there's definitely this balance that we have to find between creating compelling content that will draw people into your app is something, you know, like that ideally is relevant and to a broad, a broad range of your users and highlights useful features of your app and create, you know, is compelling in and of itself that doesn't destroy you and make you tied to deadlines that, you know, pushes you to do too much. But finding that balance, I think is a really compelling tool that we have available to us. But yes, it is like, I so want to go down the route of just algorithmically generated challenges, but then I know it's going to be problematic. And so I don't want to do that. So instead I want to be on this treadmill of coming up with a new challenge every month and hopefully doing it monthly rather than weekly or, you know, every couple of weeks is going to be not too much that I you know only have to come up with 12 of them a year. And, you know, my hope is just to make 12 of them in the next few weeks and then I can put them in the app and they'll be there. But it's definitely a challenge and I think it's a really, but it's a very compelling tool that I think, you know, m- most apps can benefit from. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.